The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mikes. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, it's just, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Mark is. Just got put through the table! Some Mark is trick just stepped on my sneaker. Oh my God! Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, Ryan Mack, and Dre the Juice Man. Welcome to another edition of Marks with Mike's. That's right. We're all here. First time in a long time. You already know this is by the sound of my voice. It's Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT the God. Of course, joined by Miss Always Down to do a podcast, Mr. Ryan Mack. And look who has finally returned to the show. He's back. The Juice Man is back in the house. Say hello to the people, man. Hello, people. Whew. Finally. <laughs> About damn time. The Juice has returned home. <laughs> man, very dramatic. Man. Mr. Juice Man is back in the building. Shout out to my who? My juice boxes. Let's have a good podcast, fellas. Yeah, we will have a good podcast. It's, uh, it's the return of the Juice Man. Uh, so we are going to run down a couple things here. Oh, wait a minute, guys. Hang on a second. I don't know if you heard. There's somebody at my door. Hang on a second. Oh, I can't oh, my God. This. It's the Fink. Fink, what are you doing here? Ryan, I'm so excited to be joined once again by the presence of the Juice Man. <laughs> I really thought somebody was at your door. Right, but... Well, that's that's really cool. We got a we got a podcast to do. We don't got all night. How dare you? I am a legend. All right, Fink. We appreciate, man. We'll see you later. Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> all right, that was the Fink. I had to get him out of here, but uh, yeah. Thank God. Uh, he, he walks but, around thinks he's something. I don't know. I don't know. He's still, I guess he's still inside uh, announcer mode there. Uh, but last night, or depending on what day you're listening to the show, Survivor Series, NXT, the whole entire weekend was great. But we're going to yes, run sir. through, of course, our favorite thing, NXT. We're going to talk about that card. Mr. Ryan Max has all the matches, so let's go ahead and start with the first one, let the people know what it was. Mm-hmm. NXT, that sweet of sweetest candy of WWE land, absolutely. Uh, the first match, not expected. The broadcast kicks off. What do we hear? Bro. And our boy, Matt Riddle, comes out, and he acknowledges that he does not, in fact, have a match. However, he's been... Uh, He's been beefing with Cassius Ono just very recently, and he just went ahead and called him out, came out. And, I mean, uh, what else is there to say? No spoilers. It was a seven-second match. He, uh, Cassius Ono tried to get the jump on him, and Matt Riddle kneed him right in the face, and it looked like it really hurt, and that was the end of the match. One, two, three. Uh, seven seconds was your official time. <laughs> I'll kick it to the juice man since it's been so long since we've heard his thoughts. What do you think, Rick? Um, I didn't catch that one, actually. Thanks for letting me know that. Mm. I, I literally was getting home and missed that part. Oh, yeah, I mean, blink and you miss it, right? 
Yeah, I blinked and then missed it, so I didn't really catch that one. I'm sorry, Juice Boxes. But I did watch most of that show, and I'm still jizzing off of the last match. But okay, sorry. We'll get to sorry. that. We'll get to that. We just won't be 14. Sorry. <laughs> it was, hey, it's, just, it's, it's no problem. But uh, uh, okay. the bro handled his business in, in about uh, seven seconds. Uh, it happened so fast. That if you didn't have your eyes wide open, you would have definitely missed it. But I was happy, definitely see him on the takeover. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Not not to not to go off subject for a second, but have have we been noticing that Arnold has been just the walking mat to all the new people in NXT? Have we noticed a pattern, or is it just me? Maybe it's just me. No, it's not just you. I mean, he's basically like a gatekeeper at this point. Yeah, people just come in and. You know, once they get over, like, the uh, the guys who have yet to have a personality developed, you know, like the uh, Mendozas and people like that of the world and all that, then you face, like, Cassius Sono, he's your first name, and everybody beats him, basically, because they want everybody to succeed that <laughs> goes up against him, you know? So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, he's like a gatekeeper to the stars, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate. I know he was, like, asking for you know, better talent in his other matches. They would basically give him jobbers. He would destroy them. And then every time he'd get somebody of that next level, he would just lose. So it's, uh, I guess that's just how they see him in NXT, you know? Okay. As long as it's just not me, but I've been noticing that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not just you. Honestly, you know, it could be better for Cassius Ono. We shall see. In the near future, hopefully it is uh, something where he does break out of this slump to all the new guys and uh, basically laying down for him. But we shall see. <laughs> and just as fast as that we reviewed that match, we're actually, actually going to go into the next match on the card. And that next match was... Well, real quick about Cassiusono, just an idea that was floated out there about him is to, you know, like, not necessarily turn heel or whatever, but just change his gimmick a little bit and join up with a faction. I mean, I heard a, uh, a thought about him joining up with the Undisputed Era and, like, being their heavy, like, their, their enforcer type guy, you know, and I think that would be really cool for him because, I mean, what he's doing in his singles career is uh, he's not getting him anywhere, you know, so we might as well. I don't, well know. I don't see him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to really have to look into that, but I don't, I don't think. <laughs> I think he doesn't. He doesn't fit their style, in my opinion. No, he doesn't. I mean, he would serve a purpose, but I get what you're saying. So, anyways, just a thought. I mean, Chris Hero uh, slash Cassius Ono needs a change up there. So, next match was uh, for the NXT Women's Championship. It was a best two out of three falls between Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane, and uh, these two are, are really fantastic together. I mean, they've they've never had a bad match, and it seems like they just no. Their chemistry keeps building, and yeah. I really enjoyed the fact that they played this one so smart. I, it was only a, like a, an 11-minute match, but they were they managed to get in all three falls in that 11 minutes. And, I mean, one of the first things that happened was Kyrie Sane got caught in a uh, rear naked choke. I forget what she actually calls it as her finisher, but it's a rear naked choke. And uh, she tapped out quickly, whereas, like, if it was just a one-fall match, she would have fought a lot more to get out of it. And, uh, you know, they, they acknowledged that she was in a bad spot. It's better to get it out of the way and keep fighting. And sure enough, she got the next fall, you know. And uh, ultimately, Shayna Baszler did win the match. But uh, I just thought it was really cool the way they booked it. And I thought it was an excellent match overall. Kyrie continues to grow on me. And uh, I could watch mm-hmm. the uh, fight basically any time. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that as well. Is She puts a lot of heart into them fighting. 
But I'm talking about Carrie Singh. She mm-hmm. she stands up to like you know Shayna Baylor's the big bad tough guy around in the women's division, but Kyrie Singh will go right to you and punch you in the mouth as well, and that's what I like about her, because she doesn't be like, hey, I don't care how big you are or what you think you can do, hey, I'm going to walk up to your face and I'm going to smack you in it, and we're going to get it on, and I, that's what I like to see. I feel like we I'm, I'm not going to lie, when I first saw them fight, I'm like, oh, she about to beat the living crap out of her, but when she was like giving her the work, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, and like like you said, Ryan, they every match I've seen them in has just been great matches. I'm I'm really liking their rivalry. Mm-hmm. Before we get to uh, JT's take on it too, I feel like we should mention uh, the involvement of the uh, the horsewomen again, getting involved and helping uh, Shayna get that third fall as well. And- oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. I could see a lot of plans with them down the line. Mm-hmm. We'll just keep it. We'll just keep it to ourselves for now. <laughs> yeah, JT, what'd you think about it? I mean, honestly, the match itself was genius. Uh, they put the match together very well, uh, very pl- well played out and laid out. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't, even though it was at the eleven minute mark, like you said, it wasn't a rough match. I mean, it actually flowed pretty well. Uh, yeah flowed pretty well for the limited time that they had, and they made the match seem longer than what it really yeah, was. That's what I, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I agree with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, you know, just moving on from that point, uh, the, the involvement of the four, four horsewomen, I mean, I honestly see something getting set up here within the next, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say the next few pay-per-views. I'm going to say by Mania weekend, you're going to have a huge event evolving the four horsewomen in some type of way and I just see it uh, I think if they keep um, if they keep introducing uh, the other four horsewomen into the picture not only will they be able to connect with the fans but I mean these these girls want to be hot merch sellers I mean they're, they're already rocking their merchandise right now I, I don't know if you guys caught it uh, the merch that they were wearing but I believe that's going to be available pretty soon but uh far as the match itself, hats off to him and hats off to Eo Shirai. She was great. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on that top rope, hitting uh hitting that backflip off the top rope, landing on all all the horsemen there, that was great. I mean, the match itself was just well played, well designed, and it just makes you itch and itch even more to watch more. NXT, but not only just women's uh, NXT, but women's wrestling as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's a great I don't show that women's one. wrestling. Let's go ahead and go to the next match. I don't want to get choked up on this one because just watching <laughs> when they go on and go at it, I mean, man, it's just making me more excited to finally get some women tag team titles, but I'll be quiet. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, the next match was uh, Alistair Black getting his revenge match against uh, Johnny B. Bad, Johnny Gargano. And, uh, I thought it was just an excellent match. There was so much action, so many big spots, so much impact. Uh, they, these guys were throwing everything at each other. I, I mean, I was like, and the crowd was just popping left and right. You know, every time they hit a big move, oh, oh, 
whoa, you know, it was it was really fantastic. I mean, if you looked away for uh, 30 seconds, you'd miss several big moves. And uh, in the end, Alistair Black got the victory. But man, it was uh, it was very back and forth. And uh, I just thought it was a tremendous match. Uh, What was you guys take on it? Uh, a, a, a hell of a great match as well. I agree with you. I'm still trying to get used to this heel thing with um Mr. Wrestling, but hey, man, <laughs> it's been a bizarro few weeks in wrestling anyway, so man, whatever. But like I said, a lot of fast-paced action, you know, and, you know, I was off thinking like, well, I'm hoping they could put on a show close to what him and Ciampa did, and they pretty much delivered. So, you know, like I said, I was excited. You know, I was felt like I was in the crowd with him. Oh, 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 oh you know, so, right. you know, moves, close calls. But like you said, Alistair got the win. And I'm still trying to adjust to this Johnny, oh, this heel turn. But, hey, it is what it is, man. Well, I got to say, like, in, in accordance with that, like, kudos to NXT, though, for the way they played this Alistair Black injury. Like, from an injury <laughs> that was was – not it you know didn't happen uh organically like it just was a freak injury by alistair black they spun a great storyline you know to turn gargano heel and you know give it a him a real reason a real motive to attack alistair black and then for them to have a, a great match uh, after it and they may have more i mean who knows they probably this is probably not the last time they're going to face each other so uh i mean you can say what you want about how you feel about gargano being a heel now but i think the way that they spun the story was was excellent uh, I have to agree with you, but I have a t- confession to make about this match. I, I was uh, definitely into the match, and I don't get a lot of sleep. So uh, midway through the match, not because it was boring, I just fell asleep. What? How dare you? Now, no, no he's just he, playing. He's just playing. No, I am dead serious. It has nothing to do with the match. I mean, I, I woke up. Within like six seconds of me falling asleep, I woke up because I felt my wife's camera on me. And I turn around and she's actually filming me falling asleep <laughs> and waking back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, so I what mean, I ended up doing, since I have the WWE Network, I just went ahead and, of course, rewind it for that little, you know, six or seven seconds I dozed off. And I was able to, you know, finish the rest of the match. Hey, I'm getting old, man. Gosh, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what old I, people do. We just fall asleep for no reason. If it makes you feel any better, I mean, I had a really long day Saturday, and I, I was so tired towards the end of the card, I actually just let myself fall asleep before the main event and just watched it in the morning, you know, like on purpose. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, this doesn't make us any less of marks at all. It just means that we're just Great old plug. as fuck. Great plug. Yeah. I mean – I wanted to give it my full attention, and I knew if I was, like, more than half asleep, it's like I knew it was going to be a long match. So, yeah. but um, And it was worth it, as we'll get to. But, um, okay, so, JT, that's uh, that's your that's what you have to add on the match because you, uh, you snoozed all, all through it, basically, right? Well, no, no, I didn't snooze all through it. I said six or seven <laughs> seconds. That's like missing 30 minutes of a regular six, match. Six or, seven, six or seven minutes. Maybe I think big man naps are like uh, dog years, like it takes longer, you know, in human time or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking. Nah, nah. So I, I watched the match, and one of my favorite spots inside the match, honestly, uh, was I'm going to say one of them had to be definitely – the one, the one where um, they both did the tunts. 
so uh, you, you had Johnny wrestling there doing the Alistair Black hunt. No. And then you had, of course, <laughs> Alistair Black doing the whole uh, Gargano, uh, getting ready to do the whole Gargano kick back from the DIY days. I love that. But I have to give a major shout out to Johnny Gargano for the event, uh, sorry, for the Punisher inspired outfit that he wore. And I don't know if you all noticed, but that was a Marvel inspired uh, outfit. Uh, of course, representing the late great Stan Lee, who just passed away uh, this month. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't even catch that. So good, good catch there, JT. I'm a Marvel head. <laughs> uh, but let's. Uh, but besides that, I mean, the ending. What I loved about the ending, uh, you know. Johnny tried to, of course, you know, hey, apologize. I'm sorry. Put me out my my misery. <laughs> then, of course, you tried to go ahead and pull a fast one. And what happens? Alza Black sees it. Black mask. Listen back. So I enjoyed it. Fully, uh, fully enjoyed the match. I can't what happens with these guys further on down the line. Now, the next match. Oh, yeah. That is the match I want to talk about. <laughs> For sure. I thought the ending to the match was awesome, too. But, uh, yeah, the... Co-main event of the evening was Tommaso Ciampa versus the Velveteen Dream. And this was an excellent match, too. I mean, really, it like it just kind of kept rolling, I felt like, as the night went along. Matches just kept getting better and better. And uh, this was no exception. I mean, this was uh, – really, it was more than I expected out of these two guys. Like, I'm a fan, yeah. big fan of both of these guys, but – just the two of them together, I wasn't sure about how it was going to go. As the match kept going on, I mean, I, I felt it just built to a, an awesome uh, crescendo, if you will. College word, sorry. Uh, but uh, I just thought it was a, a tremendous match. It's hard for me to even remember, like, uh, certain spots. But, man, it was, it was brutal. Both guys got big moves in, and both guys looked like they were going to be done at one point or another. And uh, in the end, Champa does retain the championship but man it was uh it was a barn burner as a good old jr would say or a slobber knocker that too yeah well my take on the match and shout out to jr hopefully it gets better uh i don't know if y'all seen the picture on twitter but he had two black eyes man whoa yeah yeah uh he sent out the he sent out a tweet saying uh he took a bad bump Looks like the floor won that one. Uh, <laughs> but get well real soon, JR. Uh, I love the match. Shout out to Velveteen Dream with the Hollywood Hulk Hogan uh, tribute there. Uh, NWO walking in there. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love the whole Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream match as a whole. Uh, Velveteen held his own. Velveteen once again showing why he is going to be the future of this business. Not not only just because uh, he's charismatic, but the man can definitely move inside that ring. And he's not. He is. I've not yet to see one bad Velveteen Dream match at all. And it's not like it's not like he's he's being carried during the match. He's evenly going back and forth with his opponent. And uh, what I loved about it was, of course, the the intensity inside of it, uh, the mind games. Uh, you had Champa, uh, of course, uh, you know, playing mind games with Velveteen, but I don't think anyone anyone plays any more mind games better than Velveteen inside of NXT. Yeah, uh, so great match. A lot of a lot of spots that made me say, okay, 
that motherfucker's dead. But he was actually alive. <laughs> Uh, so that there was a lot of moments like that. I mean, especially a moment where you had uh, Velveteen and you have Velveteen Dream and Champa hitting the side of the apron, uh, not once but twice. Uh, the I can't forget the second one with Velveteen Dream suplexing uh, Tommaso Champa outside the ring and Velveteen hitting his face on the edge of the ring, uh, the ring as well. Oh, so. Yeah. A lot of great spots, but the one that really got me was at the end where he went for that uh, the elbow, the dream uh, dream over, and he hit the first one. He went to hit that second one where, of course, Champa was there uh, outside the ring, and he misses, and he hits his elbow. He hits it pretty hard. Like, I actually thought he actually hurt himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That was a crazy spot, and, like, there were so many spots in the match, too, where, like, I, okay, so going into the match, I didn't think that they were going to put the belt on Velveteen, but there were spots in the match where you were like, oh, man, if he just hits, like, one more big move, like, he'll win for sure, and, like, if he hits that rolling Death Valley driver or, like, what does he call that crazy DDT that he does It's one of his finishers? I, I don't know, but, um, you know, and then there were points where he hit that and Ciampa kicked out and, uh, you know, the match continued. And I was like, oh, man, you know, and uh, it was just a, a really well done match. And uh, Ciampa retains. And uh, I don't know, Dre, unless you had anything to uh, throw in on that, Dre, I think we'll. Uh, I'll pretty much said everything. My only concern is, I mean, he has been putting on great matches and he's bound to be a star. But we have to look at the last – he's been in about, about four or five good matches, and he hasn't won them. He has to win the next one, in my opinion. I mean, over as he is, you can't keep feeding this man a loss, period. You can't keep, you can't keep feeding this man a loss. You can't just keep using this man to put on five-star matches and lose. Yeah. We're not going to keep remembering. We're going to remember, oh, he loses every good match. <laughs> well, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Man, like, he put on a hell of a show. I mean, I knew coming in he wasn't going to I knew it. But you got to give him a, you gotta give him a one signature win. Well, he did beat EC3 in his previous match before that, I think. Uh, did he beat EC3? I don't think he beat EC3, did he? Yeah, yeah, he got the victory. Yeah, he did beat EC3. But uh, but still though, like one and four. Well, I mean, you know what I would actually like to see is that uh, he's so good. Like, I mean, Vince. I feel like Vince should just see him and like that should be your next star that you start building. Like, I would like to see him just called up to the main roster and just kind of start fresh. Start him off with a win streak on the main roster and just let him go from there. You know. Right. I agree. Uh... I might disagree on that because uh, if we've seen what's happened, anytime he calls up anyone that's pretty hot on the main roster, uh, doesn't fan out too well. I mean, I could just go down the list. Uh, Finn Balor, of course, some of that was due to injury. Uh, then there was the revival. Some of that was due to injury as well. Uh, then you also have Bobby Roode, who was basically on the pre-show of the last couple pay-per-views. Uh, I mean, I can keep going down the list of everyone who's pretty much been screwed up over these last couple call-ups. I mean, there's, uh, of course, Tyler Breeze. Uh, I mean, I can keep going if you want. There's a lot of names here. So I would say 
honestly, I don't want anyone from NXT being called up until after WrestleMania. That's just my opinion. Like at, after Mania, after Mania comes along, comes along, then yeah, go right ahead and call up some guys. But honestly, I don't, I don't need them to call up anybody who's hot right now. Like there's been rumors of the undisputed era being called up, and I honestly don't want to see that until after Mania. But uh, before we head to this next match, I gotta give a big shout out to O'Shea Jackson Jr., aka. Ice Cube's son, Ice Cube Jr., there from straight out of Compton. He was right behind Morrow uh, and the rest of the NXT commentator uh, team there, Percy Jackson and Nigel McGinnis. Uh, he was there also at Survivor Series, so big shout-out. Didn't know he was a big fan of the sport, but I'd definitely like to get you on the show, so uh, I'll send you an email, man. Hopefully we can get you on. <laughs> that would be sweet. Uh Real quick, um, because I feel like I'll forget about it later. I did want to mention, speaking of in the crowd, uh, how about Enzo Amore uh, showing up? Because of waiting for that one. And whatnot. Did you guys catch all of that? Yeah, but that was on Survivor Series. Oh, I know, but I just feel like I won't remember it when we start talking about that. How can you not remember that? I mean, the guy basically pulled a uh, David Ruffin. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go ahead, Google David Ruff and watch The Temptations. He basically showed up at a spot that he wasn't supposed to be at. And I don't know if you guys even looked at it. He went full stealth mode while going in there, bad wig and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hey, shout out to Enzo. It took some real balls to do that by the real one. And as Vince says, my balls are the size of grapefruits, damn it. That was a grapefruit move there. So, you know, hey, shout out, man. I mean, not too many people do that. Not too many people have done it. But if I have to be corrected, I will tell you this. The very first people to do it were ECW with Paul Heyman, the Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer, and all the rest of the crew back then. But moving on to the next match. The next match is, of course, the main event of the evening. It was the War Games match. Pete Dunn, Ricochet, and the War Raiders versus the Undisputed Era. Now, this match, it was a wild, wild match. It went 47 minutes, according to Wikipedia, at least. And uh, just, I mean, there's so many spots. I mean, I want us to be able to go around the horn about it, but just a couple of the ones I had written down were uh, at one point when uh, everyone had come in the ring except for... uh, Bobby Fish and Pete Dunn. Bobby Fish comes out because the Undisputed Era had the advantage of coming out first and locks Pete Dunn in the cage with their lock and then throws the key in the crowd. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, of course, Pete Dunn eventually got out, but it was pretty funny at the time. Um, even though, I mean, everybody that uh, that knows us knows we love the Undisputed Era, but they're so good at selling and, like, you know, showing the emotion and on their faces when they get hit with things. Like, I just start busting out laughing sometimes when they get hit with stuff. Like when, when Pete Dunn did come down to the ring and he hit uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in the face with the kendo sticks and they both fell back and were basically just like crying afterwards. I was laughing so hard. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, we'll get into the brutality in the match. I mean, we had kendo sticks, chairs, trash cans. Uh, there was a chain at one point that just kind of appeared. Kyle O'Reilly had, which I got a kick out of. Um, and just, just a crazy, crazy match. But, uh, the other thing too, I noticed, and I don't know if this is just them being smart. 
selling the uh, the surgery slash injury and whatnot. But I don't know if you guys caught at one point, just for a couple minutes maybe, Bobby Fish uh, looked like he aggravated his knee just kind of haphazardly and was selling, like, you know, that he was in pain, sort of a limp or whatever. I don't know if he was, like, really hurt or not or if he was just trying to be realistic with it. So, I don't know. But um, just one thing I picked up on. Um, you guys go right ahead with uh, your highlights, your biggest moments from the match and whatnot. I thought the match was freaking awesome. <laughs> In my opinion, is is you know I don't I don't throw this word out here that much, but that was a match of the year. In my opinion, that match from, and I always tell when we always have a, when we always have these conversations. If you telling me a good story, which I feel like that match from beginning to end told me a story, and I love matches like that. When you telling me a story, it had my attention the whole time. I was on the edge of my seat, aka jizzing. Thank you. At every thing, from every move that everyone did. From shout out to the Roar, War Raiders, the biggest dudes in the ring, doing crazy high flying moves. Okay, it 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 just kept me on my toes the whole time. And I love that match. I love when they all met up halfway and they was all like, oh, like, you know, getting pumped and, and they fight. I'm like, what? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. What the fuck is going? And they just started fighting. I'm like, yeah. And you, when you think it, it's going to be a dead spot in the match, it never was. It was never a dead spot. It was always action. Even when they was on the ground, it's action. I'm like, yes. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. And I could talk about this for the rest of the night, seriously. <laughs> JT? Well, I was totally marking out. Uh, <laughs> Good plug. Thank you. Uh, totally marking out uh, about this match. Uh, just just go ahead and just first off and say, hats off to the Undisputed Era uh, for a couple things. New rain gear, number one. Number two, the Undisputed Era chairs underneath the ring. Yes. Way to brand yourself. <laughs> I loved it. it. The only the only thing I I was waiting to see later on in that match was a Pete Dunne branded table or a uh, War Raiders branded Kendo stick. But uh, it it was it it was pretty good. I mean, shout out to Raider. Sorry, shout out to Handsome first. I gotta I gotta give that to him because man, this this Vic fella moves, man. I'm talking. he's, He's doing cartwheels and. Back back handsprings and even even at one point, I loved I loved the point where where he pretty much picked up picked him. I think it was Bobby Fish or was it Kyle O'Reilly? It was one of the two. He picked him up and he handed him off to to Rowe, and he basically uh, he basically did a power bomb slash power slam on two members of the Undisputed Era. I mean, that right there, that move, honestly, I marked out on. I'm not even going to lie. It was like, I, I, I sat there, I marked out. Uh, it was, the, the match itself definitely kept you invested into it because you, you could not move away from the television. And I was fully awake doing this match. Oh, good, good. I did not fall asleep. Like I said, after, you know, after I took that little six-second nap, you know, I was I was back on, you know, and I had a glass of Hennessy as well to uh, go ahead and enjoy the rest of the match. Uh, but I'm just enjoying it. And 
One of the things that really got me was, of course, Morrow and uh, Nigel McInnes and Percy on commentary. I mean, th- those guys, to me, not only kept the comedy of the match going, but kept the, ser- the seriousness of the match going. Unfortunately, our boys can pull off the W, but I believe this one win at War Games will spin off more matches between these uh, these eight people inside this match. I mean, I, I see. I, I would love. I already know. I would, I'm sorry, y'all finish. I'm gonna tell you the match is gonna happen. I would love to see. Uh, hell, I I would love to see Bobby Fish insert himself back inside the tag team uh, uh, picture there with Kyle O'Reilly, kind of a transition of the title back to the original person that won it. And also, I also have to go ahead and put put that out there as well. He wasn't injured. Uh, he thought in his mind that he re-injured himself. Uh, if you ever had a broken bone at all, especially if you play sports, the first the first thing that runs through your mind is the first time you get hit on that injured uh, part of your body, oh my gosh, I broke it again. Okay. So, uh, Basically, it, it was basically a mental thing. So, no, he wasn't hurt. Uh, but I, I would love to see Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly team back up with the titles. And I would not mind seeing a Roderick Strong go after Pete Dunne for the UK title, possibly having the Undisputed Era with some more gold underneath their belt and having Adam Cole get their rematch against Ricochet again. And maybe we see these guys carry four titles. Who knows? Or what if, or what if, listen, hear me out, a triple threat match between Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and Adam Cole for for both titles on the line, and whoever wins gets both of them. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, that would be sweet, or you could do like two out of three falls even, and like, you know. As long yeah. as you put them three in there. Yeah. I mean, they already had that on one of the NXTs, right? And it it ended. Uh, we didn't get a satisfying finish. So, I mean, to no, see them, I want to see, see them go after it for the titles. That yeah, any of the titles, really. I don't care. It would be great. <laughs> I just want to see it. Freaking awesome. Yeah, but I mean, my prediction was that uh, Undisputed Era would lose War Games, and then they would have their um, again. They would have a match for the titles against the War Raiders at some later date and, uh, and retain, uh, via, you know, cheating nefarious means or whatever the case (laughs) and all that. So that may be what they do, but, um, JT, yeah, I have to go back to, uh, Raider Hanson. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he's amazing. And it's, it's not just like one of those things you put on a guy sometimes where it's like, he really moves great for a big man. It's like, he just moves and he's a big man. Like he can really get after it as good as anybody else. And he happens to be like 320 pounds or whatever he is, you know, like he's really impressive. And uh, in the match, like one of the things I really enjoyed was that they, they sold the importance of the one man advantage. Cause whoever had the one man advantage was always taking control and always. And every guy in the match that came in as it was going, like came in like a house of fire and just got all their moves off and, like, really dominated all by themselves, basically, for a period of time. And, like, uh-huh. it was really cool the way they played that thing and, and showed how big it was. And uh, But just the match as a whole was was fantastic. And, I mean, at the end you had, uh, after a flurry of big moves from all kinds of guys, Pete Dunn hits his finisher, and uh, right before he could pin him, 
Ricochet hit the uh, the splash off the top rope, and they simultaneously pinned Adam Dunn for the. I mean, <laughs> Adam Cole rather, for the win, and uh, it was it was just a, a wild, wild match, and uh, just I mean, what for sure one of the best matches of the year that you're like, yeah. yeah. I would be remiss if I not if I did not mention the spot where Ricochet was on top of the cage. And it's just amazing, amazing back flip, whatever you want to call this shit. A double back flip. A double six eighty. Uh listen, hey, if this was swimming, there was some move they would call this, but I don't know what to call this. I would just call it simply amazing. I would call it simply the one and only ricochet because this guy pulls moves out of nowhere that you would not expect to see in a match. And hats off to him because literally when that happened, I I literally had to rewind, play it again, rewind, play it again because there's no way you should be able to have that much body control. And the <laughs> guy had it. And it, it was just great. So shout out to Ricochet, man. But yeah, that I mean, match. Oh, that was God. one of the things. That was one of the things I was thinking just during the match when Ricochet was on top of the cage. I was just thinking, isn't it awesome to just have Ricochet in NXT? Like when he came in, like they kind of started him off slow. He didn't have that many matches at first. He kind of pulled back on unleashing all of his big moves, but it's like now he's just part of the gang and he's just doing all his crazy stuff in every match. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely great. I I can't see uh I can't see Ricochet not putting on an amazing match. I mean, I just cannot see that, but I would love to see Ricochet at some point go for that NXT championship. That's just my opinion. Uh but hey, we shall see. Say, that pay per view, hands down, uh was once again the weekend's uh show stiller of of uh, the whole entire WWE weekend. Uh, I seen a tweet out there that said, while Raw and SmackDown are fighting to see which one's the A or B show, we've obviously seen which show was the B show. And the B shows are SmackDown and Raw. NXT is the A show, hands down. Agree. Oh, 100%. I mean, I got to give the show an, an A to an A plus overall because it's like there wasn't a bad match on it. Every match meant something and was entertaining. Even Matt Riddle's seven second victory was entertaining, you know? So it's like from top to bottom, there was, there was nothing bad and everything was good. Oh yeah. And shout out to X-Pac. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the one, two, three kids. Good to see him and, uh, and his little dog Lou on the show there. They're both looking good. Oh yeah, man. Looking real great. Now, speaking of other things, man, you had a great interview that you did with the up and coming, uh, independent star inside the business uh you want to tell me a little bit about that oh yeah uh just earlier this week i, I went one-on-one with uh mr big twan tucker from uh, aiw fame of course and uh, one of the students in the school and whatnot and uh everybody that goes to aiw shows loves twan tucker he's just got something about him that uh even aside from his in-ring skills which are impressive uh he's just a really entertaining guy and his reactions are, are genuine and and just uh and really funny and uh yeah we got to uh we got to talking and uh, got to know a little bit uh more about him you know if, if you don't know the guy's background and whatnot be sure to tune in and uh and check it out because uh it was cool we went over all kinds of stuff and had a good time yeah 
Well, we'll definitely be uh, gearing you all to that interview here just after we go ahead and wrap up this portion of the show. So you all stay tuned to the next portion of the show, and we'll go ahead and get into that big interview with Big Tuan Tucker. Uh, but until then, here we go. Oh, so, WWE side of the weekend, Survivor Series, of course. Excluding the pre-show, we'll just get right to it. Raw goes 6-0 and in these matches. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. It's like, what are they doing today about SmackDown? And, you know, right. like, like to say it's the A-show and whatnot, and Vince goes, no, you know, of course, Raw and all that. So that was, I don't know. It, it's, to me, it's like the, all of Survivor really doesn't mean anything like I don't care who wins and like it doesn't matter to me going forward and it's not going to matter to them either they're not even going to reference it probably so it's whatever to me but um the uh <laughs> the notes that I had uh and if you guys want to throw anything in that matches I may not touch on and whatnot feel free uh we're just on a the uh the Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura match which should have been like a bigger deal because these two had never wrestled before and you know, mm-hmm. top stars and so forth. And Shinsuke obviously coming from Japan after so many years and all that. Um, but there was basically no build up to it because Shinsuke hasn't even hardly been on TV in the last month, which is weird for a guy that has a belt. And uh, Seth Rollins has been, of course, embroiled in all the stuff with uh, the Shield dissolving and uh, once again and. Uh, Dean Ambrose and so forth. So they just kind of, you know, and he even admitted as much on, on Raw at one point. He's like, I haven't been thinking about Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like, all right, what does that say? But um, anyways, uh, Rollins did get the victory in the match. The one thing I had uh, of note, it wasn't a terrible match, except for the fact that Shinsuke looked like he was wearing his pajamas. Uh, he was wearing, they were doing, of course, the, the other thing that I hate about Survivor Series, where they're just wearing the shirts the entire match. Um, he was wearing the blue SmackDown shirt. Uh, mostly blue long sleeve shirt underneath that, and then blue pants as well. It looked like he was ready to go to bed, sleepy time. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Um, the match itself wasn't terrible. It, it was it was fine. It was it was a bit of a feeling out period, and then they did get into some pretty good action. But at one point, um, you know, Seth Rollins hit his superplex off the top rope into the Falcon Arrow, which is a very impressive move. It's an awesome move. I'm always happy to see it. But, mm-hmm. The crowd had this big, oh, you know, moment when he didn't get the victory with it. It's a great move, as I said, but it has never beaten anybody. Never. Stop acting surprised when he doesn't get the three count on it, you know? That's that's my thing. So, yeah, that's I, about what I had from the match. Uh, I got- agree. JT. I agree with you. Um, you know, it was a uh, match. It was, eh. Um, my thing is... And I'm gonna, you know, this is one of my serious moments. <laughs> you bring this guy in. And I was having this conversation with my friend last night. I feel like we should have some like dramatic piano music. Yeah, you you bring this guy in. I mean, the guy has a hell of a run on NXT. You bring him in. You have him go heel. You have them have about 10 matches with AJ Styles. Yeah. You don't put the title on them. Then you re- regulate. I don't think that's the right word, but you, I kind of call it a demotion to the U.S. title. Then, you know, who's to, to, to 
I mean, I'm not mad about the loss, but it's just that they really have really, really, and this guy's a, a one of the best wrestlers in the world. They just show you what they do to wrestlers like him in the WWE. They just don't know what to do with him. And and honestly, I hope he leaves because he's he could be so much better back in Japan because what we see on WWE is not Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm sorry. No, I mean, like, even if you watch his match with, like, Sami Zayn from NXT. Yeah. His, uh, he was, I mean, it was Sami Zayn's last match, rather. But that yeah, match- but it was a hell of a match. And the same was, like, both of them. Really, you got these two great workers who was white hot with the fans. Then you... I just I get frustrated every time talking about it. It's just I really hope when this contract is up, he leaves. Yeah, wow. I, he uh, could have won the world title off of AJ Styles at some. Should have been one. Why would you turn the man heel, give him that music, and do all that stuff to him to have him still lose like that? Yeah, it made no sense. Uh, to be quite honest. I mean, it's kind of like discussion we had earlier in the show. You want Velveteen Dream to be called up. This is one of the reasons why I say don't call it Velveteen Dream. Shinsuke Nakamura is a prime example. Uh, you know, coming from New Japan, having all his accolades, wrestled everywhere uh, besides Impact, of course. Uh, he wrestled in Ring of Honor. I mean, he, he's he's been everywhere. And, yeah, yeah, you know, you do all these feuds with him. Nothing comes on it, uh, comes from it. Then you put the U.S. title on him. Which to me, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The U.S. title means absolutely nothing inside the WWE. Thank the U.S. You. title meant a lot in WCW. Agree. But I think I think um, one of the reasons why the U.S. title doesn't mean anything, it looks too fucking cheesy. Please, make it look like a real belt. I do not want to see this red, white, and blue title. Like, I mean, knock it off. Honestly. Yeah, just stop. I agree. Stop. Get some help. Huh? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Like you just, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it, it just, it, it, it baffles me that you have him and you have Oscar, who were two dominant people, and you bring them in and treat them like they're nothing. And like I said, I just hope when they contracts up, they have the sense to be like, just not working here. I'm leaving. Well, JT, I agree that about the title too. Like, it looks like a, a if you put it next to even the Intercontinental title, it looks like a play title. Like, it's very thin and like cheap looking. You know, it's like bulk it up, do something to it. I don't know, like, dress it up somehow. It'd be better. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, if the title goes on sale Black Friday, I'm not even gonna buy the U.S. title. That's how much I, I hate that title. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I I'd rather you revamp that title, do something because it, it's absolute. Doo-doo, trash, caca. And you, you are a man that loves his titles. So, you know, that says something right there. Um, I wanted to, I didn't really have any notes about it, but JT, since uh, it's, I'm looking at the card and you're Mr. 205 Live, I wanted to get your take on the uh, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali match for the Cruiserweight title. <sighs> well, for that, I just simply have to say this. The second best damn match of the whole entire card. Hands down. Regardless of the fact of how the crowd reacted, 
first of all, shout out to WWE for finally putting the 205 title, uh, sorry, the 205 title on the main card because it's like uh, you, you never see the Cruiserweight Championship on the main pay-per-view. Of course, that's Super Showdown, being that it was in Australia. Yeah, they put it on the main card, but let's be honest. How often do we actually see that title defended on the main card? We don't. And uh, I think that by them actually putting this match on the main card, it gave a little bit more importance to the title. It also drew some eyes to the whole 205 Live division. But, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali and uh, Buddy Murphy put on one hell of a match. Uh, I have to give big ups to Mustafa Ali. Uh, first of all, he looks like one of my favorite characters out of Mortal Kombat uh, with his ranking. So I have to give him that. Uh, but second of all, I have to give it to Masafa Ali. This guy, as he said inside his promo, was a guy who they passed on not once, twice. And this this was before even the Cruiserweight Classic. And just to see him on a card, not only on the card, but a part of the main card, that to me uh, speaks for itself. Uh, of course, Buddy Murphy being the juggernaut that he is, putting on a, a extraordinary matches, uh, I don't care. If no one says he's not two hundred and five pounds. There's no way you, oh, no. you're that fucking swole when you're two hundred and five. At least two thirty. Yeah, at least two thirty. I don't think yeah. he's that tall though. I mean, maybe five ten, right? I mean, he could be two hundred five. Listen, no, if, he, if he if he's two hundred five, and then I'm light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> well, they there were we trying go. to sell the uh, realism of it at one point, having him actually weigh in and whatnot. So maybe he is like naturally a bigger guy, but he does weigh two hundred five for the fights. You know, like they man, them damn scales don't work. Them scales never worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, perhaps, perhaps, but um, I agree. I think the match was really good. I, I think it's great to see. Uh, the cruiserweight title on the uh, main pay-per-view and uh, Mustafa Ali is, is fantastic. And Buddy Murphy is incredible. And I think they, they like Buddy Murphy. I think they see something in him, you know, and they want to give him some exposure on the, uh, the main cards as well. So uh, he can have a, a continuing success in his career and probably transition to the main roster at some point, I would imagine. So, but you know what I like to see, I would like to see him and Alexa actually uh, team up uh, somewhere down the line. Uh, far as a a faction, a couple on on air. For those of you all who do not know, those who are actually uh, together. Yeah. So I would I would love to see those who actually team up. Uh, as far as Mustafa Ali goes, sky's the limit for this guy. I hope one day they put the title on him. He does need to have that title. Mustafa Ali is just one of the best things going in two hundred five live and. Once again, if Buddy Murphy's 205 pounds, so that means Ricochet is 205 pounds, which means when Ricochet gets called up to the main roster, I want to see him on 205 Live, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Ricochet's 205 pounds. I think he's probably less than that. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, so then there we have it. So Ricochet's going to be on 205 Live then, since we got big-ass Buddy Murphy over there. You never know. You never know. Could be it could be the glamour show with Ricochet at some point. Uh we'll see. But um yeah, I'm sure Mustafa Ali will get the belt at some point, you know, he deserves it for sure. And um yeah, never forget folks that uh, no matter how you feel about Buddy Murphy, any of his accomplishments or whatever, he is dating Alexa Bliss and he's a winner. So, mm-hmm. chicken dinner. <laughs> um I want to move on to the uh the not the main event, but the uh, the traditional big five-on-five uh, men's Survivor Series match. It was Team Raw versus SmackDown, of course. 
Uh, and in the match, you had Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley versus team. Oh, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, a constable slash uh, G- GM slash whatever the hell Baron Corbin uh, is at ringside as well for this match. And Leo Rush, actually. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this team SmackDown, of course, consisting of The Miz. Shane oh, Miz the Miz was the leader. Yes, he was the captain. Thank uh, you. Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Uh, a mismatch on paper, you might call it. Um, I, I didn't have too many notes about it, except I'll get to two things right away that irked me about this match. Uh, one of them <laughs> being Finn Balor. Um, there was one point in the match where they were really shining him up, and he was hitting all his big moves and looking great, albeit it was versus uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, littlest guy in the match. Um, and they were saying, you know, Michael Cole even said at one point, Finn Balor is the MVP of Team Raw at this point, or whatever. And it cut to, like, a minute later, he gets eliminated by Rey Mysterio, who's 43 years old and legally a midget. So, I mean, that to me was cool. But, um, <laughs> so, I didn't enjoy that. And, uh, also, um, the other part of the match, another bad elimination, uh, was Samoa Joe. He was the first one out, and almost immediately uh, he got hit by Drew McIntyre, albeit a Claymore kick right in the mush. Uh, just the same, Samoa Joe should not have been eliminated within like a minute of the match. Come on. Yeah, they disrespected Samoa Joe right there. I mean... He's, he's still injured, so they just wanted to get him out the match. So that's what we're going to count that as. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, you know, you just don't eliminate some Paul Joe that soon. So, um, I did, you know, I thought this match was pretty good, though. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was it was hilarious to me at one point where um, the Miz kept tagging in Shane to do the coast. I, mean, I, I was a. <laughs> Every time, because he was like, "Oh, come here, come do it on this one." He did it. He hit Dolph Ziggler with it, and then I think he got eliminated. Then he tried to do it on Drew McIntyre. Was it Drew? I think it was Drew McIntyre. And then Brian came in and hit him with them, um, with them, with them hammers. Almost took took the soul out his um his life, and then that's when Brian Strowman just went on. I'm just gonna slam everybody, and then and win this real quick, and you know. But I didn't think it was bad though. It it showed the Miz true leadership in the match when the when things got tough. It, <laughs> he looked at Shane like, "What are we gonna do?" And then the Miz left. That shit was hilarious. Then he got put out. So, you know, I thought that was funny. You know, but I mean, it was that that to me was was a good. It was it was a it was an entertaining match. You know, I had a few laughs in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the Miz was in full cap mode. He was basically acting like a face and, like, bumming music and stuff like that, you know, as they were coming out and, like, uh, just glad-handing everybody as they came out. That was that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, it, it Raw got control, and it came down to, uh, it was, who was it? It was Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley with just Shane McMahon over and was, I was thinking, like, oh, no. Like, are they going to have some angle where Shane miraculously pulls off the victory here after he's... Hey, oh, no. But, uh, no, he, Shane just... He was left in that match? Hell no. <laughs> I already knew who it was. I'm like, oh, he ain't about to... I mean, they're, you know, 
they have tried to have Shay have a little moment, but then when I looked up, I said, who's over there? I'm like, shit, not today. Now, he, he took his whooping uh, like a man, and uh, it, it wasn't an, an awful match overall, but uh, just, you know, a silly Survivor Series match that ultimately doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, uh, true. Whatever. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, in the words of the Visco Inferno, I have no desire to see Team Red Shirt versus Team Blue Shirt. Uh, honestly, it, it, it reminded me of Nickelodeon Global here. Guts. Okay. It reminded me <laughs> of a, uh, a competition. Like I, I honestly like this. This could have been the uh, like the Legend of the Temple. I mean, I mean, I had no interest in seeing the five on five match, and I'll tell you my two big reasons. Matter of fact, three. Number one, it was uneven. Let's just go ahead and get it out there. Number two, I had no desire of seeing Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio on the team. I I would have rather seen Rey Mysterio in a match holding the title in a one-on-one versus seeing him on a team match. I I, I would have rather seen Jeff Hardy not be on the His card name is Jeff Hardy. at all. Keep going. Jeff Hardy, like I, I would have never, like, I did not want to see that. Uh, there were more stars that you could have put on this card to elevate new characters. You could have had a CN Almas on this card. You could have had, uh, gosh, you, you could have had uh, who who else is new on SmackDown? Uh, any anybody but oh, there was a guy. Uh, yeah, you could have, yeah, you could have perfect. Thank you, Dre. You you could have had. Killian Dane. He was on the card. Uh, he was, he was on the card, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He, yeah, the pre-show. Yeah, true. Don't yeah the pre-show don't count. Here, here's my thing. No, no, nobody counts as pre-show. But you know what? I'm gonna just say this: the five on five men's traditional uh, Survivor Series match was just as entertaining as watching oh, Donald Lord. Trump do stand up. <laughs> Is- I think I think opinion. it's to the point, and and I, I've had this conversation before. Vince just don't trust the new guys, man. He don't. He just so out of touch nowadays, and he don't know. And he think he could get on the phone and and call this a seventy five year old Shawn Michaels Triple H Junior. I don't know his name anymore with that haircut, but he can. They can't do that no more. They they're pushing sixty. You can't keep relying on these old stars. And I think the heartbreak, the heartbreak man, or something. I don't know what he is, but the heartbreak man. He ain't the heartbreak. That's a grown Triple H Junior. But um, <laughs> but uh, it's you got to learn how to trust your talent nowadays. Let Brock go. Put this title on somebody and 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 trust them. This is what I challenge WWE to do, and I know they probably would never do it, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. Have a WrestleMania where the Undertaker don't show up and and see how it go. Trust the guys and see how it go. Oh, not a uh, not a Juice Man prediction, but a Juice Man challenge thrown out to the WWE. I mean, do it make sense? I mean, 
Oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, if you, uh, I wish you were on the uh, the show where we got to talk about Crown Jewel a little bit because I know it's like a special. Crown what? But Crown, what's it called? Crack Jewel. Um, it's called the shit under my my foot. Oh, okay. Keep <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I know it was a special request by the uh, you know the Saudi Arabian sheiks or whatever. So it's kind of a different scenario. But it's like if if it taught you anything, watching. The uh, the Undertaker and Kane versus uh, DX. If you, I mean, it, it like I have to put that in like you know quotes. Like that's not DX. Like come on, like they're these guys are both fifty, and uh, you know, Shawn Michaels obviously hadn't wrestled in eight nine years or whatever, and um, it was just like it's time. Like these guys shouldn't be wrestling anymore. These guys shouldn't be counted on to like carry events or anything. And like I saw a, a preview on the WWE Network today of, of Shawn Michaels. I think it's for the Marine Six or sixteen or whatever the hell it is at this point. Um, <laughs> and and he had his hair, and and it, it made me so sad again because to see him, I know it's just hair, but it's not Shawn. It's not the heartbreak kid without the hair. And to see him bald on that show, it just really bummed me out, and it didn't work at all for me. You know, yeah. like, uh, uh, JT called him the heartbreak man. Yeah. Yeah, that's the heartbreak man. He's no longer the kid. I mean, I'm sorry. That is that is a grown ass AARP <laughs> card like, carrying uh, man. Well, then you can call me okay. Billy Ray Cyrus because I had an achy, breaky heart watching the the heartbreak man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a heartbreak man. Uh, but speaking of heartbreak, the the next match on this card uh, that you wanted to go over, I, I believe you wanted to go over the Charlotte versus. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Ronda and Charlotte, of course, everybody knows it was going to be Ronda versus Becky, uh, but she broke her face, as everyone knows, and uh, couldn't have the match, so she selected Charlotte. And um, the match itself, I don't even want to talk about, because to me, it wasn't it wasn't a great match. Um, it, it's like it, two things. It's like it, Ronda's green. She's still not that great overall, and, and, and it was a last-minute match thrown together. Like, I know this was one of the matches they talked about potentially to headline WrestleMania down the road. And at which point both people, especially Ronda would have had a, a lot more experience and B time to work with Charlotte specifically together a match. So I'm sure when they eventually do have their big match, that's not last minute, it'll be much better. Uh, but this was, it was, eh, it was just okay. As far as the match goes, a little slot, uh, but everybody will of course be talking about the post-match beatdown uh, that occurred. And it was, uh, it was brutal. I mean, it was uh, it was extremely memorable. I would say it went on a little bit too long, uh, but it was still freaking intense. And Charlotte, like, just lost her shit, flipped out. And uh, it's like there were so many, I guess the kendo sticks were left over from uh, the previous night with TakeOver because she had no problem finding one to beat the hell out of Ronda with <laughs> and, uh, and other things. And, uh, you know, she put her her head in the chair and stomped on it, you know, to like break the neck or whatever sort of thing. And, and it was, it was really nasty. And um, you guys can go ahead and comment on it, but I do want to raise a question first. Cause I saw like sort of a, an article talking about this um, that do you think that if it was Becky, the exact same thing would have happened? Like was Charlotte just standing in for her or was this a move calculated specifically for Charlotte to like turn over a new leaf and turn? Uh, um, I bet it better be something playing with Becky Lynch because if it's not, I'm going to be pissed because I wanted Becky in this match. I was pissed when, thank you, Nia Jax. 
I was pissed when she did that to her face. But my thing is, I feel like I hope I hope it's not because if they go Becky a face because was it expecting the whole cheers for her heel turn? I'm like, no, don't you dare. <laughs> don't turn her face. Well, I mean, it's tough because, I mean, she's at a point where they realize that nothing they do is going to make the fans boo her. So, yeah, but but it's more it you you got to keep that persona of, of as her being a, a heel. Make OK, if you're going to make her a face, don't make her weak, make her still be that tough, swagged out man that she is. Right. Okay. I mean, hopefully they'll let them both be strong and just have awesome. That's match. that's fine. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but but I feel like they're gonna, they're taking shine away from Becky with this. I really do. Yeah, I really do. Just because you're Ric Flair's daughter, you got to have the spotlight every fucking time. No, take a fucking back seat, humble yourself, and get your ass to back together, and let the man run the show. Well, here's the other thing, Dre. Think about this. Um, I think this be used to like this beatdown. This as as crazy as it was and as extreme as it was, this can be used to plant a seed for that WrestleMania match where you have the horsewomen yeah. against each other. Because now Ronda, you know, like she needs her girls. She needs some help, some protection against this crazy Charlotte. And then when Becky Lynch comes back, maybe they'll team up together and, you know, look to take her out or, you know, anybody associated with her, that sort of thing. So that's something that could be useful, at least as far as furthering the storyline, you know. So how do we incorporate the other two people that's not really doing so well on Raw right now? How do we incorporate them if we're going to make that happen? Um, I mean, it's just something I'm sure they, you know, if it culminates with like a, the call up of the horsewomen from NXT and all that, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler and company, and then they could just, you know, it, it would just by being in the storyline alone, I feel like would elevate the other horsewomen. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree and disagree with you on some points. First point I'm going to agree with you on is uh, this. That was one hell of a beatdown. And I can honestly say, doing that beatdown, I can just hear that Simpsons episode. Like, make her stop, please. Make her stop. Because she was yeah. doing this shit. Yeah, she beat out of Rousey. It's like, uh, I was sitting here watching them, watching it with my wife. Even me and my wife were just looking at it like, damn, she in her ass beat. But I will say this about Ronda Rousey. You can call her green. You can call her what you want. First of all, I got to give a big up to Ronda Rousey because if you notice her hairstyle, her braids, it actually had Roman Reigns' symbol oh, I didn't in the middle that. of her head. Uh-huh. That's the first thing. Yeah, so that's, that's the first thing I'm going to big ups her on. Like, that was real cool, you know, her supporting Roman, Roman Reigns with his battle with leukemia. So I definitely want to give a big ups to Ronda on that one. The second thing I want to give a big ups to her on is this. She's taken one hell of a ass beating, and when in any way, shape, and form did you think you would see Ronda Rousey getting beat down with kendo sticks, having a chair propped over her neck and stumped on, and literally just taking a beating like that? I got a newfound respect for Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I did not picture that. That's for sure. <laughs> like, ever. So, so 
so for for all those fans who were booing her in the Staples Center, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like this 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 woman just did something that you never imagined that she would do inside of WWE ring, and it looked great. Now, far as this being the same thing they would have did for uh, Becky Lynch, I can probably see that because I didn't see this match ending with a clear winner from the beginning because you didn't want to make neither person look weak, especially if you're trying to sell off a bigger main event card for Mania because I hear the plan is to have the women main event Mania this year, and I really hope that is the case because I cannot stand to see another Brock Lesnar inside the main event of WrestleMania. As you as you all know, I did tell you what happened last year. People were walking out of Mania mm. doing that match. So I I will say this. I think what's going to end up happening, you all said something with the four horsewomen. I say we I agree. Correct. Between Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey, and somehow we get Ronda. I'm sorry, no, we don't get Ronda. We get either Charlotte or Becky or even both on to Raw, some type of way, or it's just a just a match that they allow to happen at at Mania, or maybe or maybe we have we have uh, one of them win the Royal Rumble and challenge for the title. But all I have to say is, this is going to main event Mania. If you're going to put the man inside the match with with the queen and with the baddest woman on the planet, then I'm all up for it. And one last thing I want to throw out. You mentioned her getting her face broken by Nia Jax and you were upset. I just want to say this. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a contact sport. Shit happens. I'm sorry it's happened. Every single great down the list, even some of your Hall of Famers has done this by accident before. And if you look at all the angles of that punch, like every single angle, no no, no matter what the fans saw, if you look at the actual fist, it wasn't closed. It was an open fist. So it, it wasn't an intentional thing. But I do like the fact that Nia is taking this heat and also playing off it and also projecting it on camera. So maybe somewhere down the line, we may even get Nia Jackson inside the picture because I would love to see a Nia versus Ronda Rousey match as well, some type of redemption. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of possibilities for what happens from this match for sure. But, I mean, the, the, the severity, the intensity of the beatdown means, make no mistake, this means something, you know, going forward and whatnot. And uh, I, I think, you know, we're in, what, November and WrestleMania – like the beginning of um, end of March, beginning of April, usually. Um, and I think we'll have like another superstar shakeup before then. So they could very easily all end up on the same show, you know, and just have it happen naturally that they, they end up main eventing WrestleMania because of that. So we'll see. But uh, I mean, it was, um, you know, like you said, that nobody's really talking about the match itself. It's all about what happened after the match and what's going to happen going forward. That was pretty much the point of it. <laughs> but um Let's get to the, the main event. Um, speaking of, uh, we talked about like uh, concussions and things like that earlier. Um, I thought at one point by how badly Daniel Bryan was getting his ass beat by Brock Lesnar in the first like seven or eight minutes of this match and the look on his face and the look on Paul Heyman's face when he was like looking at him like, oh my, oh no, you know, like maybe this is too much, Brock, you know, that sort of thing. Like 
<clears throat> I thought they were going to be selling like a uh, Daniel Bryan is concussed, you know, like sort of thing going forward and going back to his history of concussions and all that. But somehow, eventually, Bryan started to mount some offense and Brock Lesnar actually started selling for him uh, <laughs> at one point in the match. And it, it turned out to be a pretty entertaining match for me overall, um, except for, I mean, say what you want about the ending, but um it actually turned out to be pretty good once Brian mounted sort of a comeback and whatnot. Uh, what, what did you guys think about it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Yeah, um, you know, shout out to Brock Lesnar. He, you know, he must have a great amount of respect for Daniel Bryan for him to sell that well. Yeah, because he was selling very well in that match. Um, even from the label lock and the kicks, because he hit Brock Lesnar with some swift ass kicks though. Them looked pretty, pretty, pretty deadly. Like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they looked it pretty bad. So, you know, it, you know, Brock really sold him. Or maybe he was really hurt. But, you know, I thought it was a, a decent match. I think, I think fans didn't want to see AJ and Brock part two. So, let's just put the belt on Daniel Bryan. Also, you know, I don't know what Daniel Bryan is going around nowadays. He's still a face or he's a heel. Who knows? But, you know, I guess more of that to get answered tomorrow. But. It was an entertaining match. Of course, Brock Lesnar gets the win, breaks out the LaBelle lock like it's nothing, picks little Daniel Bryan up on, like, come on my shoulder, little boy, and put his ass to sleep, and that was it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, my reaction to the end was pretty much summed up by that guy in the crowd they keep showing now on Twitter, like, the last day or so, where he's just like, he's just like, ugh, come on, you know? <laughs> Threw his hands at it, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just... Um, yeah, I'm just going to agree with you guys on that one. The match itself did nothing for me. Uh, I think the highlight of the match to me was seeing Daniel Bryan kind of stump out Brock Lesnar, like stumping him in the head. Like, I love that. That, that to me was like very nice because it, it was nice to see that. And that's how some of us feel because I'm sorry. I mean, Brock is a beast. He's one of the most talented people ever to transition from mm -hmm. any sport and also be able to sell the way that he sells. Because you got to understand, this guy is also a former UFC champion. And, you know, he has to protect his image in some type of way. But for him to actually sell for Daniel Bryan was phenomenal. Uh, but it didn't do anything for me because the simple fact is I know what's going to happen after this. I'm not going to see Brock Lesnar until January. And after January, I'm not going to see him probably till around me. True. Like that's that's just what it is. I mean, ho hopefully he works some more dates, uh, but it, it it did nothing for me. Like I'm I'm just so ready to see a new phase in WWE where, where you have a different face holding that Universal Championship. Chip. I mean, uh, granted that you know Roman Reigns did go out to leukemia, but there were so many other faces you could put inside that spot for you know, for that universal title. I mean, just, just think of the possibilities that we could have had at this Survivor Series. We could have had a Finn Balor versus Daniel Bryan or a Finn Balor versus uh, AJ Styles or a Drew McIntyre versus a Daniel Bryan. I mean, a lot of these combinations could have happened, but we ended up with Brock. I'm happy that Daniel Bryan got the opportunity. But I'm also upset that, you know, I had to see Brock Lesnar main event in another show. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see uh, Drew McIntyre get a run. Like, let's have Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, and let's have Drew McIntyre just go over clean, just knock him out, finish him. You know, that, I think that would be great to legitimize him. You know, not that he isn't legit already. People are, I mean, he's a freaking scary guy when you look at him, really anybody. But for him to get a clean victory over Lesnar, that would be like, okay, this guy's the man now, and just give him a nice run, you know? Yeah, I, I, man, I, I would love to meet Drew McIntyre one day face-to-face. So, uh, Drew, we'll set that up. I'll probably catch you at Manny or something, but uh, hopefully uh, if I'm on that status by then. But, yeah, we'll set something up. Uh, but, honestly, the card in a nutshell to me, it had nothing on NXT. Um, honestly, to me, it was just one big Nickelodeon TV show at this point. It just wasn't entertaining to me. Uh, besides besides the ones that stood out, of course, with Ronda Rousey and, of uh, uh, course, uh, what the tag team match with AOP, that wasn't even entertaining. Uh, but the one thing that really stood out, to, stood out to me was Ronda. I mean, that was pretty much it. Ronda and, uh, of course, uh, Charlotte Flair. You guys, what what was your standout match? That one that, that you was talking about, Charlotte, Charlotte and Ronda, hands down. I mean, that match hands basically, down. like y'all said earlier, opened up the door for potential. I mean, other potential matches later on down the line. So you know, that's a that's a storyline in the making versus all the other matches. It's just okay. Well, I'm going to put my best guy on this side against the best guy on this side and have a match and. There you go, like, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. yeah, That's what I'll take away from it for sure going forward is is Ronda and Charlotte and what's going to happen with the women's division from here on out, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I I, I just have to say right now the hottest thing in the WWE, it's not Brock Lesnar. It's not even Becky Lynch. It's the let me finish. It's the women's division of the WWE as a whole. Becky Lynch is hot, but the overall goal is to bring the women's division to the forefront. And I think the women's division is doing just fine. And it's 10 times better than what we're getting out out of some of these feuds right now on the main roster. Just being honest with you. Because some of these feuds are just pointless. And, uh, the women's division is definitely pushing forward. Now, if we get those women's tag team titles by, I don't know, let's say Royal Rumble, then I'm satisfied. But, you know, the women's division is doing what, it's, it's, it's what it needs to do and it's definitely outshining the, the man's division, hands down. But uh, no disrespect to the man. I don't want you guys to beat me up. Becky Lynch is, is the, man. the man. Don't get me twisted. I'm just saying, right now, the hottest thing in WWE is the women's division. That's the hottest thing right now. And that's my opinion. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I think, And it's not just, like, one or two good matches. There's a lot of good matches going on. They're, they're all really entertaining. But, I mean, like, that, uh, that Charlotte versus Becky match from Evolution, that was the best match in WWE in, like, the last two or three months, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's what I mean about that. And, you know... That's I'm sorry for if I caught you guys off guard when I said that, but I don't want Becky, you know, going at it with me on Twitter because uh, she's pretty lethal on that damn keyboard. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> by her, that's so, fine. Yeah. 
Listen, I I'm like Lil Duval. I ain't going back and forth <laughs> with nobody. Uh, but what with that being said, uh, hope you guys did enjoy the show. We did go a little bit over. It's okay. Because, listen, you guys are watching WWE pay-per-views. You're watching so many different promotions over the weekend, whether it be WWE, Impact, New Japan, ROH, GCW, MLW, uh, FTW. I can keep going on with these names. The point is, wrestling is 25-8, people. You got 25 hours in a day, eight days a week, you're going to watch some wrestling. And with that being said, make sure you check out some of these other podcasts out there. Be sure to check out our podcast, Brothers Dark Match Podcast, of course. And also check out the Mark World Order on YouTube. Those are our other buddies right there. And uh, also 10 Pounds of Gold as well for the NWA podcast, which we're going to have on the show pretty soon here. So yes, stay sir. tuned. But uh, until then, I'm Mr. Six with Nine. That's Ryan Mack. Welcome back to the show, of course. Thank you. Man. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let me just put that up. Happy Thanksgiving, yes. everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Enjoy Happy your holidays. Cool. Watch a lot of football and eat, eat, eat. All right. And make sure you fry your turkeys outside. Thank you. Mm, good call. Good call. All right, guys. Peace out. Boom. All right. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of Marks with Mikes. This is your host, Ryan Mack. It's just a uh, little one-on-one action today, but by golly, folks, I got a feeling it's going to be a barn burner because we got Big Twan Tucker. If you watch AIW Wrestling, you know this man. How's it going, Twan? Man, I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Making it out there in these cold Cleveland temperatures and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cold out here. Yeah, a lot of gray, a lot of darkness, but, you know, we're here to have some fun and entertain the people, right, you know? Yep, that's (laughs) what I'm all about, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, nice. Yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, your your handle, your nickname, uh, Big, before before your name, uh, how big are you? Um, I mean, 300 pounds, you know. Nice, nice. I I did want to congratulate you. I saw recently on your Twitter, you said you lost about 30 or so by doing, you know, just better, more exercise and whatnot. Yeah, man. When I found out, you know, I was like 345. I was like, all right, hold on, man. You know, I got to cut this out. I just started (laughs) like looking, I started looking at what my diet habits, you know, it was just bread, you know. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop eating bread, start working out. And next thing you know, the pounds are just dropping instantly. So, you know, no more cars for me (laughs) oh yeah it's a huge thing dude i mean i haven't been like you know making sandwiches or anything like that you know for my lunches or anything for years and it just like it really helps when you take out all the like bread and rice and things like that like and you just get high protein high fat pounds just come right off if you're active you know yeah 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 but um (laughs) yeah it's funny like uh the first time i saw you and in an AIW match, I was in like the general admission seats, you know, I was pretty far away. I was like 
well, he's not that big. I don't know, you know, but uh, from, from a distance, <laughs> it was hard to tell. And then at the uh, Winchester, when we talked, I, I came up next to you. I was like, uh, hey, Tuan, it's uh, Ryan from Marks and Mike's. So I remember when you guys used our belts in that death match or whatever. And you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, when I was standing next to you, I was like, yeah, you're a pretty big dude for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, I wanted to uh, just start at the beginning, you know, where it, uh, I like to just get people's backgrounds and whatnot. So I just wanted to know uh, where are you from originally? Are you from the Cleveland area or did you come here sometime later? Uh, no, I was born and raised in Cleveland. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah. Did you play any sports like in high school, football, anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I played sh- sh- for Shaker Heights football um, and wrestled, wrestled as well four years straight oh nice very nice i was gonna ask too if you did any like amateur wrestling or whatnot in high school as well that's awesome oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely Sweet. i was that's one of the big dogs there <laughs> <Trust> <laughs> yeah you know they're always looking for a good heavyweight right you know so. oh yeah definitely <laughs> nice nice and uh i mean from there when you, uh, you know, graduated and you grew up and whatnot, when did you decide that uh, you were going to become or wanted to become a pro wrestler? Was this something that you had always thought about being a little kid? Or was it just like, you know what, I know some people who are into this or I'm just going to go for it? You know what? I knew absolutely nothing like people that I even know that it was a Cleveland training school period, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what? I was in Tri-C. Uh, doing uh, community college, you know, and okay. I didn't really like it. You know, I was like, this ain't for me, man. Like, <laughs> when I graduated high school, I was trying to find something to do with my life, you know. So one day I was watching motivational videos on YouTube, just trying to cheer me up because I was a little bit depressed. Like, I feel like I should be doing something right now, something different. Yeah. Other than other people out here. So, you know what? I said, I was watching uh and that see <laughs> watching my boy Johnny Gargano. And I heard, you know, he was yeah. from Cleveland and stuff like that. I was like, you know what, man? If he can make it, you know, I can make it. So, you know, I started looking in schools. Uh, I thought the only one, only wrestling school uh, was in Illyria for Mega Wrestling. Oh, right. But, yeah, but they didn't answer my call and email. So I was like, oh, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they big leagued you. Yeah, so I was just like, damn, man, like, but then my friend David sent me something on um, Facebook Messenger, uh, it was like a poster, like, AIW, training school, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, I say, say no more. Wow, right. (laughs) It's so fast, it ain't made no sense, like, so. (laughs) So from there, it was just off and running, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was nervous the first time I did my uh, first day drill. Very hard, but oh yeah, man, I, I had Johnny Gargano watching me, so that was the only drilling I need. <laughs> for to be honest, like, <laughs> did you real. have like the uh, the bumps and bruises they talk about? You know, you got to get used to like hitting the ropes and taking bumps and stuff like that. Yeah, the only thing I had difficult with is hitting the ropes. I was like, man, like the ropes hit hard, you know? Like ah, but bumping. You know what? And um, and how to move in the ring? It was just exactly like the mat. It was just exactly like that. So I ain't had no problem mm. at all. 
Yeah, I don't think people realize like how hard those ropes are. Like those are cables, like metal cables that you're bouncing off of, you know, and you, yeah. you just you don't just adapt to that right away, you know. So Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so you start going through the AIW school and whatnot. And then uh, over time, like when they feel you're you're ready, I guess, you know, the, they start putting you in matches and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me some time because I was a little bit new in the ring. I, I was trying to like, because it's different from watching from TV <laughs> to actually doing it. You know, it's nope. like, <laughs> holy, holy crap. Like, you got to memorize. You got to have your footwork together, stuff like that. You just got to keep up all in one motion. You know, that was very <laughs> difficult for me. But Right. And it's like there's people watching. You don't want to screw up in front of a bunch of people, you know? Yeah, I especially <laughs> didn't want to screw up against uh, Johnny Gargano, you know, watching me. So, hey, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, speaking of Johnny Gargano, I was going to ask, uh, you know, I know from listening to the, the AIW po- uh, podcast that uh, students get the opportunity to, you know, meet a lot of the wrestlers that they book to come through to, like, draw crowds, you know, the former WWE stars or big indie stars and whatnot. Uh, a lot of people have come through just recently, uh, such as like Scott Steiner, PCO, Sabu, Joey Janela, Ultimo Dragon, Gangrel, Godfather, and uh, most recently Booker T was in, in the, at the show at the Tadmore Shrine in Akron. Um, who's the coolest or like your favorite person you've gotten to meet uh, at being part of AIW? Oh, man, my dream dad, Keith Lee. Oh, man, Keith Lee. Well, I was going to get to, and and we will, but uh, is that somebody that you uh, like to model your style off of and whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. But I know like his, his whole thing is really, really hard to do. You know, I tried, but you know, I got to do my own style at the same time. I can't really just, you know, copy off of him. So I understand that, but Oh yeah, sure. I mean, watching the way he moves and stuff like that—that's why I would like to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of like a natural comparison. You're both uh, big guys and whatnot, both athletic, but like he's. Uh, I mean, I think a he's been doing it a bit longer as well, but b he's like super athlete, you know, as far as what he's able to do in the ring and all that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. As far as uh, your time in the ring in AIW, uh, what are some of your favorite matches and moments you've uh, experienced thus far? Uh, so far, um, I'm going to say this year, I'll say um, having a match with uh, PB Smooth and Swago at the uh, first time ever at Akron show, Into the Dragon. That was one okay. of my favorites. And, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And I got I gotta say that Wrestle Ranger three. Okay, because uh, I was gonna say that was gonna be the one I was gonna bring up. <laughs> it's the one that <laughs> sticks out most to me is that uh, that big was it ten man or something like that I think death match at uh, Wrestle Ranger. Hey, it turned out it was because John uh, Thorne came out of nowhere. Like, hold on, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know he was gonna be in that match ahead of time? Um. I know till uh, the show started and John Dorn was like, all right, I'm in the match. Like, whoa, hold on. What? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I guess that's yeah. why they call their podcast uh, the card is subject to change, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It changed up on me real quick. Like, hold on. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, that I mean, really th- that whole card, that uh Wrestle Rager, like it just turned into like it was just bananas. Like it just went crazy. Like every match was wild, but especially that that main event with you guys in the death match and whatnot, it was just over the top, like extreme and whatnot. And, uh, even, you know, fans got involved and whatnot, you know, they, everybody got to bring their own weapons and things like that. And, uh, I think uh, the most iconic image from that match though, that everybody uh, goes to, I, I can't remember whose phone it was that they made it like their lock screen. Uh, but it was of course, John Thorne, uh, <laughs> that we were just talking about him being in the match, uh, with taking a fork to your forehead and uh, <laughs> just your reaction to that into the crowd. Uh, what do you remember about that? Look, I was not, I, I was not acting. That was a real face because he stabbed the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> I was telling him, please stop. He just kept stabbing me and grinding my head with that fork. Like, what is going on right now? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, my head was had a big old bump on my head for a minute. Oh, but, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, did you man. think, like, did I, did I do something wrong? Did I do something to piss you off recently or something like that? Like, oh, right. my God. No. Like, oh, no. It's pandemonium. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And then uh, another moment. Um, it wasn't actually entering for you but it was at the most recent event at the uh the tadmore shrine there in akron like we were just talking about uh when faye jackson sort of uh i don't know what you want to call it like a combination oh. lap dance slash squishing of uh sienna into your lap while you were watching their match and uh, i just saw on your twitter uh recently that you said it was it was the highlight of your life or your career something like that a major moment no doubt <laughs> no doubt because that was uh not planned <laughs> she just said <laughs> Sit your ass down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I sat down. She just threw it at me, hold her. I said, okay, bet. <laughs> she basically rocked both our worlds. I ain't even gonna front. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, she put it on you. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did. And my whole face reaction, that was, I was like, should I just see that? Because I can't believe it. Like, what? <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean it, from the reaction from the fork uh to the reaction to the uh the lap dance and whatnot i i believe it, it's a genuine reaction and whatnot uh do you think that's uh what people are kind of drawn to you uh by you know like there's there, you've only been around like a short time in, in aiw as far as being a student and a wrestler and whatnot but people that go to the shows like they know you and people all enjoy you is it uh is it because you're so woke or uh you know what do you think it is i don't know well, I could say that, yeah, I'm woke. But, <laughs> I, but I could say, like, I wanted to, yeah, I made a lot of friends because people really want to see me there. Like, I'm always at every ALW show. Like, and I want to, I express wrestling like a real thing, you know? Like, holy snap, like, they're actually fighting. You know, I like to show that emotion, you know, because people just sit there bored i don't know like i don't like that you know mm-hmm. I, I like to go out there and have a fun time especially when i'm watching you know i like to support my boy uh trey lamar joshua bishop um <laughs> basically the whole roster to be honest <laughs> like i like to show that emotion because i feel like that's what everybody should be you know yeah absolutely 
You know what I mean? And I, I agree with your, your take on the matches and whatnot, too. It's like you want people to, you know, be engaged and, and stand up and take notice of what you're doing in there. You know, it's like uh, the worst thing is is no reaction, you know, just like apathy when people just don't care what's going on in the ring or anything. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right on board with you for sure. Um, as far as uh, current product, I was wondering, uh, did, we talked about NXT. Uh, anybody that listens to the show knows that we love NXT, too. It's our favorite thing in the, all of WWE's universe and whatnot. But uh, do you watch the uh, WWE regularly, or do you watch any Ring of Honor, New Japan, anything like that? Um, I, sh- I should be starting watching New Japan. I just haven't really gotten to it. But, yes, I, I watch NXT. Absolutely. I got to support my boy, Keith Lee, my dream dad. <laughs> I got to support my boy, Johnny Gargano, all day, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. They keep me tuned in every Wednesday. So you're caught up right now as far as what's going on with Johnny Gargano? I haven't watched the latest episode because I had to work. But, yeah, I'm pretty much caught up. Especially yeah. I'm ready for Saturday on site. You know, Saturday going to be a big thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. All the takeovers, like, those are the things I look forward to most, those takeovers. I look forward to them way more than the actual WWE pay-per-views, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they, they just deliver every time, you know? I mean, you can you can say what you want about them having, like, you know, uh, a shorter show to, to make up with. And, and I get that, you know, that the WWE shows are, like, seven hours long, and that's why they drag, and it's hard to fill up all that time, but... NXT just delivers, you know, it's like every match means something and is good and people really take it to the limit on the uh, pay-per-views. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm with you too. I mean, like I, I'm, I mean to start watching more new Japan. Like I've seen a lot of their big matches recently. Like I've seen a lot of the Kenny Omega, like the Okada matches. Mm-hmm. I've seen the stuff Jericho's doing over there. Like, but I, I don't watch it on a regular basis or anything like that. But I think what they're doing is really good over there for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this may come as no surprise, given what we already talked about, but uh, your favorite current wrestler, is it Johnny Gargano? Do you have anybody else that you're a really big fan of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah, um, right on. Uh, Kevin Owens, absolutely. Um, Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's about it, to be honest. I, I, yeah. I watch them as they work, you know, especially Samoa Joe. Like, I love the way he works, so he keeps me always tuned in, you know. For sure, for sure. All of those guys have, like, really innovative uh, move sets and, and whatnot, and they keep you guessing, and they're really athletic and, and whatnot, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about favorite all-time wrestlers from when you were growing up? And I'm interested to know because, I mean, you're a young buck. Like, I'm a little bit older. Like, all my guys are uh, Attitude Era people and stuff like that. So who was it when you were uh, growing up that got you into it and you wanted to model yourself after? Um, My favorite when I was a young kid was Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy. Like, I could not stop, not stop watching them too, like, that was one of my favorites when I was a little kid. Oh, for sure. Extremely, uh, you know, entertaining, high-flying, fast-paced style and whatnot. Yeah. Right but on. But now, you know, I'm just watching mostly all the big guys, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Like you said, like Keith Lee and whatnot. I've been really uh, excited that he's finally in NXT and getting to see him on a, maybe not weekly basis, but more regular, you know, on the network and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
moving on to our, our last segment here, I was uh, telling you earlier, I was wanting to do a little bit of like rapid fire word association, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to throw a thing or a name at you and you can just give me like a one word or a really short response. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Up first, Parker Pierce. Brother. <laughs> nice. Alex worldwide Keller. Weird. <laughs> I'll agree with that. PB Smooth. Smooth like butter. <laughs> nice. The Duke. Mastermind. <laughs> Sweet. John Thorne. Genius. <laughs> Very nice. I was getting nervous for a second. I was like, oh, that's a in there. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, the boss man, you know. Uh, Dave the potato. Oh, potato. <laughs> just, that's his name. But just, he's just a potato. That's just what he is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's what he is. <laughs> Enough said. Best nickname for him. Uh, the production. Ooh. I'll say an artist. Ooh, yeah. Uh, all of them are artists, you know. I think they would approve of that for sure, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Joey Janella. Oh, crazy psycho. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> no, what he be on? I don't know. <laughs> like, He's definitely provided some of the craziest moments in uh, my AIW experience the last, you know, six months to a year, whatever it's been, for sure. Mm-hmm. Next he's up. He's oh, he's awesome. I am uh, I was so bummed when I heard about his injury and whatnot, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a bad one. Like shit, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, get well soon is all you can say. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Still there. Sorry about that. I had a phone call coming in. I just canceled it out. Uh, uh, next name, Hornswoggle. Ooh. He, a thinker, because he helped me out a couple of times. <laughs> he's, he's very smart. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, he owns his own promotion, you know, up there in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, I respect <laughs> his work. Yeah. Daniel C. Rockingham, a.k.a. Dr. Dan. Ah, that's my boy. <laughs> um, hey, um, what's his three letters? Uh, DCR, man. I, I got to respect that. <laughs> he's, uh, he's helped you out? He's motivated you? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, Next up, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Oh, my my hometown, man. That's a place. It's beautiful, very beautiful. <laughs> Are you bummed though? It's not going to be, uh, you know, the the home of AI Dub going forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. But I pray, you know. I hope we're going to find a new venue. I know we are. Oh, I'm sure. That. Prayers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, lastly, in the rapid fire, party never stops. <sighs> Hey, the party never stops. <laughs> party animals. <laughs> stop. There you go. Uh, and just the very last part, best rapper of all time. Best rapper? Oh. 
Oh, I got a lot. Uh, <laughs> all time, number one. Oh, all time? Oh. If I got to pick one, it doesn't matter which generation. No, it could be any generation, dead, alive, doesn't matter. Mm, I, I, I say Notorious B.I.G. Okay. I, I got to put them in there. <laughs> well, then my follow-up question uh, is now necessary. Best rapper alive? Best rapper alive? In my opinion, is uh, Joyner Lucas. That's my favorite rapper. Okay, uh, right on. <laughs> this generation, yeah, so. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Favorite non-wrestling activity? Non-wrestling activity? Um, or like a hobby, I guess. Hey, I play the game, so <laughs> save video games. <laughs> you handy on the sticks? Yeah, yeah PlayStation <laughs> 4 all day. Oh, all nice, day. nice. <laughs> uh, favorite food, go-to food? Go-to food? Maybe just like comfort food. Say Twan's had a bad day. What are we hitting up? Hey, I want to say a good old good burger. But I'm trying to cut that out, but <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say a burger, you know, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Nothing beats a good burger. Man. And uh last question. Tell us one thing about you people would be surprised to know. Surprised to know. Hey, I like to I like to have a lot of fun. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter what you do, like we can have some fun, like basically. <laughs> That's all I'd say. You know, it don't even matter. Like I'll find a way to, you know, make the party jump. You know, I re- I really do. Like, mm-hmm. so you so. can you can be comfortable in the uncomfortable is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, and I said that was the last question, but I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask. How does one stay woke? Stay away from people that is negative in your life. I, Definitely I through that. <laughs> like, stay away from people that is trying to bring you down. Stay away from people that's trying to hold you down. Stay away from people that is trying to, like, ruin your life, basically. Like, stay woke, man. Stay alert. Stay focused. On sight. <laughs> you know. It's on site. Yeah, you got to stay focused on a goal and whatnot, you know, have something to shoot right. for, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, man. Well, uh, thank you for joining us on the show, man. We've been wanting to get you on for a few weeks now. We've been trying to schedule a good time for it and, what, and whatnot. And uh, it was great to talk to you, get to know a little bit about your background and get to know you somewhat. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Do you have uh, any, like, social medias you want to plug? Any, like, appearances coming up? Any shows that you're, uh, you know, booked for people want to know about? Um, I'm Lately, I've been wrestling for uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Freedom lately. So I've been really bumping in there. Um, my Twitter, uh, Twan Tucker, T-W-A-N uh, underscore Tucker. Um, it's same as my Instagram as well. So there you go. Check it out and you can find uh, what Big Twan's up to. And uh, as I said, man, thanks for joining us. And, and as always, 
stay woke.